Hello and welcome to episode number five. We've gotten five episodes now of the Throwing Strikes podcast, and I'm here with Nick Hanhan, a former high school baseball player at Archbishop Reardon High School, part of the San Francisco Giants groundskeeping team, and he studied economics and sports business at the University of San Francisco. Thanks for coming on the show, Nick. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on today. So I've asked everyone that has come on this show so far, um, I've asked the same question in the beginning, and I'll ask you too. So what have you been doing during this shelter in place? Have you picked up on any new activities? What's life been? Um, I've just, I've been watching a lot of baseball, a lot of Korean baseball, trying to get into that. It's a little different game. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've been playing a lot of MLB of the show and a lot of out of the park baseball. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a computer baseball game. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've been trying to pass the time, staying busy and whatnot. That's awesome. So we've been obviously dying, and I'm sure you're in the same boat as I am, but we've been dying for baseball. And it sounds like Major League Baseball and the Players Association will continue to uh, discuss, um, will continue in discussions in terms of um, getting back on the field and um, and all the good stuff. So what are your levels of optimism on this subject in terms of bringing baseball back? Do you think uh, we're on the right track? What's your thoughts there? Uh, honestly, as of now, I, I, I feel like we're, we should start preparing for 2021 at this point. Uh, I just saw a tweet a minute ago saying how the first proposal wasn't really something the Players Association liked. Um, I think they're asking for more of a pay cut for the players. I think it was like 50% Jeff Passan uh, mentioned. So at this point, um, you know, it could be something where bigger players sit out uh, Blake Snell touched on it, how he's not liking the pay cuts, and he's not really getting paid much as it is. So I, I don't know. It's something to, you know, to look forward to this week because I know they're discussing it more this week. So let's get into now your baseball career. Growing up, I'm sure uh, baseball was always the main sport you grew up playing. So talk about talk a second about your upbringing in the game, how you got started playing baseball. Let's touch on that for a sec. Um, so I started, me and my brother, I have a twin brother. So we, we started playing in South City. We grew up there playing all through ponies and, and, you know, Joe, Joe DiMaggio's and stuff. Um, we started high school baseball at Sarah. Uh, didn't like Sarah. So we transferred to Reardon sophomore year. Uh, you know, we played baseball at Reardon sophomore, jun- junior and senior year. Really loved Reardon and what uh, Brandon Ramsey brought to the program. Uh, I think we started out in his first year. We really loved it. And uh, uh, after after Reardon, I didn't really play, you know, like uh, Division One baseball or Juco baseball. I uh, created the club baseball team at USF with one of my friends of mine. And uh, we, we, uh, we joined a different league. As part of a club baseball league, we played all sorts of teams like Stanford, St. Mary's, and Humboldt State. And, uh, yeah, we really enjoyed that. But I think baseball, as far as playing, is done for me. So what was it about the game that kind of stood out to you? Because I know a lot of people, um, a lot of multi-sport athletes, I know baseball is losing a ton of multi-sport athletes to sports like basketball and football. So what is it about baseball that kind of stood out to you? Um. Uh, I don't know. Baseball just, 
I think it's the team aspect of the sport that I really liked. Um, basketball and, you know, football sure have a, a team aspect to it. Football's a little different with the two sides of it, offense and defense. You know, they don't really talk. But baseball, you know, it's it's nine guys having to compete every single day. And I, I don't think I really experienced that until Reardon. You know, we we grinded every single day in the weight room and on the field and off the field. We were just with each other constantly communicating and whatnot. It, it just – I think the team aspect of it is really what I liked about baseball. People did or dislike the slow aspect of it, but I think that's the beauty of it, you know, having to strategize and thinking ahead. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what baseball really, you know, incorporates well. 100%. So I looked at your overall high school numbers at Reardon, according to Max Preps. Yeah. Um, it, it showed across all levels, 262 batting average. Um, I don't think, obviously, that's – it said 43 at-bats, uh, more plate appearances, obviously. But um, I don't think that's the whole the whole uh, story. But obviously, um, those are pretty solid numbers. So um, what were the keys to your success in playing high school uh, baseball? I know you mentioned uh, in the weight room and the camaraderie with the guys. So what were some of your keys to uh, have a solid high school career? Um, I think just staying consistent and being one of those guys that shows up all the time. I think, you know, Rand, Coach Ramsey, uh, when he first started there, it was ha- we were having trouble getting guys to come out. And it was always the same core group, um, me and a few buddies of mine. And it was just, uh, you know, we weren't really the, the best guys on the field yet, but it, it demanded a lot of work outside the scenes. And I think that's what – you know, made us stand out when it came to the season and, it, you know, developed a great relationship with, with the coach. Um, yeah, I think the max prep stats tell a different story. Uh, I was hurt my senior year, so I didn't really get to play much. Uh, tore my meniscus early in the season. Junior year uh, was my first season on varsity. And, you know, we were battling with, for uh, position time at a position I didn't really play, third base. But I thought I did pretty well. I thought, um, you know, I don't think much was expected from me, but I think I surprised a couple people that season. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed my time there at Reardon. And, you know, credit to Coach Ramsey for uh, bringing the program to where it is now. So you had the distinct honor of playing with, you mentioned your brother, uh, at the high school level. So I actually had a Reardon, uh, pair of Reardon, well, one pair of Reardon brothers on here for episode number one, the Blecka brothers, who are also from South City, so that's kind of funny. Um, so what was it like playing with your brother? I'm sure not a lot of people get to do that. So what was that like for you playing with him? I think I had a different, like, different perspective of it. My, I have a twin brother, as I mentioned, so we're the same age, same everything. Um, I thought it was pretty fun, honestly. We, uh, you know, we didn't really battle for the same positions, which was – is cool so we get to support each other in different spots I was an infielder he was an outfielder Uh, we kind of had the same play style we're pretty we were the fast guys on the base paths came in as the notorious pinch runners when it mattered Um, yeah he was uh he had a people would say he had a stronger arm I was a he'd argue he was a faster runner but I was a better hitter for sure 
Um, it was uh, it was pretty unique, I'd say, just having to compete, having someone to compete with, and then going home with, and you know, still competing on different stuff. So I I, I think that's a a unique thing that much pe- most people don't get to experience. So who's the favorite son? <laughs> I I think it's hard to say right now. I, me being the older one, I'd say me. But then again, him being the younger one and uh, moving away for college, I think he'd be the favorite one. So you mentioned you graduated and head to uh, USF. Um, was baseball something you still originally wanted to continue? I know you mentioned the club team, and we'll get to that in a second. But I know after high school is when a lot of kids quit and a lot of kids kind of get intimidated by the uh, the the more talent. And it's it, you look at the numbers. Little league, there's a lot of kids. High school, there's less. College, there's less. Minor leagues, less. Big leagues, completely less. So what was that outlook for you, like, going into college? Did you, like, have any thoughts about trying out for the, the, the big team there? Um, Division One for USF, I, I attended a few meetings. But, uh, I don't know, after, after I graduated high school, I kind of felt fried a little bit with baseball. And I wasn't sure if that was something I wanted to pursue. I wanted to, you know, get the best education. And I, I, I felt like I definitely could have played – junior college, baseball at Skyline or City. But I, for some reason, I, I decided that I didn't want to and I wanted to, you know, get the best education I could at, at that point. And uh, I went to USF. And then, you know, a semester into it, I started to regret that decision a lot. I really missed the game. And that's where the club baseball aspect came in. So... Yeah, that the we created the club baseball team my second semester, and we you know we just took off running since then. So playing club baseball often goes overlooked in college, um, and it takes a backseat at times to the the main team, like you mentioned, the Division One team. Uh, so how fun was it? Uh, was that opportunity to playing in that atmosphere? Uh, it's not a lot of pressure on you, kind of like how maybe the D one team would. Uh, so what was that like playing in that atmosphere? Uh, honestly, I loved it. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of hands off. You know, you got to do, you know, your regular college stuff, do go hang out with your friends on the weekends and stuff. Um, so as the structure was, we had one or two practices a week in the fall. And then in the spring, we, we'd play our game. So we'd have five teams in our division. And we play a three-game series every single weekend against one of the five teams. And essentially, one of the, the, the team in first place would make it to the playoffs in Los Angeles, I think. And we finished in second in my sophomore, junior year. We missed it by one game to Stanford both times, which is unfortunate. But Stanford was loaded. Um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. We got to travel to different places. And, you know, we went to Humboldt, you know, like a six-hour drive from here. We got to experience a different culture up there. Um, Stanford, St. Mary's, both local teams, we got to compete. And, you know, we had a great group of guys, and we had a bunch of fun, I'd say. So were you the player manager of the – because I know you're a club president, (laughs) but were you the player manager of of USF? Yeah, I like to consider myself the Pete Rose – (laughs) <laughs> player manager but uh we had we had a coach but i was doing most of the most of the stuff behind the scenes you know like money and stuff and 
setting lineups and whatnot. But yeah, it was it was pretty fun to have that experience. I'd say something you don't really get to have. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, so I also did some research on you, and I found that you worked with the Junior Dons as a coach. So can you describe what you did there and what was that experience like? Um, so I had a, another former Reardon baseball player, Jeff D'Alba. Um, he started out working with them as a coach with the Junior Dons 8U team, I think. And, uh, you know, I got in contact with him because he was doing it. And, you know, he hooked me up. Um, we both started coaching the 8U team. He was coaching the gold team. I was coaching the black team. And uh, we worked that. It was, uh, you know, tournaments and whatnot, you know, how Little League baseball works out. We were going to, you know, Manteca and uh, I forget the facilities now, but we went all over the place playing different tournaments. Um, yeah, we got hooked up in that. And uh, we did also summer camp. Summer camps were, you know, 100 kids coming out to play on the USF baseball field, which is – you know, newly renovated. I, I'm sure you guys got to play there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a nice facility. You know, we got to hold different camps, play scrimmages with 11-year-olds, which is a lot of fun, you know, getting getting to strike people out and stuff. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We just uh, we finished our last tournament. We came out as champions in November. So that was, you know, that was our, our last tournament together. So it was a lot of fun. So I've come – around coaching young kids before too and I found that it's kind of difficult to teach them uh stuff young because there's so much more advanced stuff that like I I've personally found myself wanting to teach them like like um oh here's how to do a balk move but then you realize that they're they're like 10 and 8 so how have you run into that problem where you want to teach them more but you can't and how much does patience play a part in coaching baseball it's yeah like you mentioned it's pretty difficult you know, trying to teach them stuff that Ramsey taught us at Reardon, it's uh, it's kind of hard. <laughs> They're trying to understand the basics and get the ropes down. But then again, you want to, you know, see them get better. Um, it it, it kind of feels like you're doing the same thing over and over again, but they're just not getting it because, you know, how little kids are. You know, it's like in, in one year through, out through the other. But uh, it's it's just re reinforcing the same stuff when you're coaching them. So getting, uh, getting the basics down is what you need to focus on. So I mentioned earlier that you studied uh, economics and sports management at USF. So I always think when I think of baseball and economics, I think of that scene in Moneyball where yeah. <laughs> Billy Bean says under his breath to Peter Brand, Baseball and economics. So it, um, in what different ways have you kind of combined the two? Um, I, I actually got the inspiration for economics from that scene. Itself. <laughs> so you know, I've been a big baseball fan, not just playing, but statistics and analytics I've been getting into. Uh, I feel like that really, you know, that was something I really wanted to do and still something I'm still looking to do. Um, I've been working with economics for four years. I'm looking to get my master's now. Um, I've been in contact with a lot of people and working in the front office with MLB and San Francisco Giants, trying to get something. I, I had something lined up, but, uh, you know, the season ended it. And uh, I'm just I'm working on different stuff right now, uh, different uh, analytics stuff with, with R. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but uh, 
I've, I've ran different projects working with Moneyball stats and uh, using them for different teams. I ran a 2010 uh, San Francisco Giants Moneyball project, and you know it was a lot of fun. It's something I'm looking to, you know, continue to get better at. So being a very anal- analytical-driven guy, how much time did it take for you to start understanding these new advanced metrics that kind of have cemented themselves as like a mainstay in this game? So how long did it take for you to understand them? Um, I'd say when I was playing at Reardon, I really didn't like him. Um, we had a team manager, one of my best friends, Brian Guo. You know, he was the guy that kept pushing me to look at them and stuff. Um, it wasn't until, I'd say, a year, two or three years ago, I really started to understand them and get a hold on what they meant. Um, you know, stats like WOBA and WRC, um, it's like to the common person, you're like, what is that? But my friend Brian just kept, uh, you know, he kept sending me articles and stuff. You're like, yeah, you need to study up on this, study up on that. And, yeah, he was a team manager, and he now he works for the UCLA football team with Chip Kelly. So, he's yeah, he's going to be a special one, I'd say, in that field. That's awesome. So, you mentioned out-of-the-park baseball uh, before, and I had to come back to it because I play it too. And I've been doing some um, – historical franchises and I literally googled like worst teams of all time and I'd take like a three-year period and try to um, kind of bring that team back so what are you what did you do in OTP do you do stuff similar what's kind of your strategy in that game oh like I've mentioned Brian my friend Brian uh, we we usually do a random number generator so every single time we play we go on a random number uh, generator so we get one through 30 and basically, we'd go 1 through 15 AL, 16 through 30 NL. And we just pick a random team and go from there. Um, you know, we set the budgets the same, do different uh, settings and stuff, and we just try to do our best. Usually, we play a 10-year season or franchise, trying to get as much trophies as we can. I think right now we're doing the Mariners. And it was kind of tough, but surprisingly, we both won a World Series within three years with the Mariners, which is surprising with how bad their team is right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what that's usually what we've been doing. I see a lot of people doing uh, twenty-five man Mike Trout teams and oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. teams, but yeah, I haven't really done too much historical stuff yet. So, um, you clearly have the blueprint of of like the mold of what you want to do. Uh, so what are some goals that you have as doing this as a possible career moving forward? You mentioned you're in communication with some people in the front, in front offices. Uh, so what are some goals for you? What's your ideal career in baseball? Um, I'd say work in baseball operations, specifically with the Giants. I, I grew up rooting for them. I work for them now. And I just love coming to the yard every day to work. Uh, I know I wasn't really too thrilled about being on the groundskeeping team when I first started, but uh, I ended up loving it a lot and I miss it a lot. Um, ideally, I really want to work with the Giants just because I want to, it feels that much better to see your team win and I want to be part of that. Um, with that being said, I'd say baseball operations with any team would be a dream come true, having to work under general managers, if not become a general manager one day. 
So yeah, I'd say that's the dream to become a general manager. That's awesome. So if we could just show Farhan what you did with the the Mariners, and I'm sure yeah. he'll he'll pull the trigger. So you're also you also mentioned your grounds uh, keeper at Oracle Park. So how did that whole thing come about? How'd you get that gig? Um, so the club baseball team actually helped me get that one. One of my buddies, Sam Therian, is a ball boy for the Minnesota Twins. And he came to study at USF, and we, we linked up with the club baseball team. And he had mentioned he's just started groundskeeping with the Giants. So uh, he said he had one one in, one connection that he can get in. So he he got me the job there. And we I started in March, or no, February or March last season. And it was it kind of got off to a rough start, I'd say. It was rain delay after rain delay. I think it was like my first 11 shifts or just oh. rain delays and tarps. And it, yeah, it was brutal. I, I think the first time I did it, you know, you don't expect the tarp to go 50 feet in the air, but you're having to do high knees for 300 feet down the line. And it, I, I fell on my first time. And since then, it i just been trying to sprint as fast as possible. But it's it's pretty fun seeing, you know, we have a, a, diver, a, a diverse group. So it would be college students to 70-year-olds. So you'll see 70-year-olds booking it down the line. <laughs> and this tarp. So it's pretty fun, especially when the crowd gets into it. They start cheering and stuff. <laughs> so on an average day during the regular – and. I should make. I should say this first. At least you're in San Francisco, so there's not a lot of rain delays that you have to deal with. But um, so on an average day during the regular season, what is your schedule like? What time do you get to the park? What time do you leave? Just give me a schedule, like a day in the life of a Giants groundskeeper. Yeah. Um. So we we vary it up. Uh, there's three different shifts. So a typical day or night game, there'd be guys coming in at eight to four thirty. They're the guys that are um, mowing the grass, uh, prepping the mounds and the bullpens and the plate. Uh, we'll have a swing shift guy, which is usually me, uh, come in from 11 up until 7.30, so first pitch. Basically, I'd be in charge of uh, getting the tracks ready, uh, dragging the track, watering the track, uh, setting up for uh, home bullpens, visitor bullpens, sometimes – or setting up for batting practice as well. It was usually the best shift I felt because uh, you get to interact with the players and stuff. You know, during the game, you're not supposed to, but that swing shift, you can talk to whoever you want pretty much. Um, the the late game shift that a lot of people enjoyed, that would be at five o'clock up until maybe two in the morning. Oof. So, you you know, you'd be responsible for setting up for the game. Uh, doing the drags we do a drag in the third and the sixth and then you'd be responsible for post game and uh, I usually tried to avoid the night games the night shifts um, I felt I think I did I don't know if you remember there was that that streak of like four extra inning games in a row and those were the only night games I did so I got I got a bad rap for that became the extra inning guy on the crew was that the series against the Mets I think it was, yeah, I think it was the Mets or the Nationals. I can't remember which one. I'm pretty sure it was the Mets. There was an 18-inning game that mm-hmm. we worked, me and Sam. I mentioned he was part of the club team. Uh, we worked the 18-inning game. We had a game for club baseball at 8 in the morning. 
along <laughs> around four or five. But uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. But hey, it's good memories now. So are you still going out there during this shelter in place? So are you guys still considered essential? Because I mean, if the Giants, for whatever reason, return home and start workouts there, which I've heard is a possibility, uh, as opposed to Scottsdale, uh, they'll need some kind of playable field. So have you still been going there? Are you guys allowed there? What's going on with that? Um, I haven't been back since mid-March. I think most of the part-timers were, you know, they were told that they'll they'll come back when the seasons you know they get more information about it as of right now we have three or four guys going back once a week just for daily for maintenance like mowing um yeah people aren't really aren't allowed in right now it's kind of crazy what's going on but uh you know it's part of what's the issue um as of right now you know there's not really much information yet but you know, if things start to get going with these negotiations and stuff, I'm sure we'll hear more about, you know, when we could come back into work. So I got one more question for you, and I don't know if you're allowed to speak on this, and I know it's it might be a separate project, but everybody on Twitter is wondering about these center field bullpens yes. and how the bullpens have moved to center field from down the lines. I remember a couple of years ago, Mac Williamson tripped on – he was – he had like the best two weeks of his life up until that point. Yeah. He tripped on it and, you know, he ended up in Korea afterwards and <laughs> never saw Mac Williamson the same, like that two week stretch prior. So do you know anything about those bullpens and the move just beyond center field? I do. Yeah. I was uh, on the front line. I was watching it every single day. Um, you know, we took out the bullpens, which is pretty difficult. I'd say having to pickaxe the whole thing. Um, right now, I think it's, I think it's in the middle stages of it. They were starting off pretty slow and we were getting worried of, of how it wasn't going to get ready before the season started. And then everything happened. And I think right now they're planning on doing the home bullpen in left center and and then the visitor bullpen in right center. Uh, last I saw it was all cemented out. Um, it's going to be um, see-through gates, so you can see through the bullpens and stuff. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, I, I heard they were, you know, about a week or two away from being completely done. Yeah, I know one of my buddies, Taylor Worth, you might follow him. He's He's been on that story. Um, so, yeah, every, I know every, I had to ask the question because everybody's yeah. been wanting to know about the, the bullpen fences. All right, Nick. Thank you so much for joining me, everybody. Nick Hanhan, remember the name. He's going places. He'll be in a big league front office pretty soon. Nick, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So where can people find you? Where can people follow you or whatever? Do you have any plugs that you want to plug in? Yeah, I got, um, I'm on uh, pretty much every social media. Um, every social media is going to be at Nick Hanhan, just my name. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, if you want to follow me. Um, yeah, I'm doing all sorts of things. If anybody wants to play out of the park baseball or just talk baseball, I'm open for it. Start different stuff on franchises and stuff. So, yeah, just ready for baseball to come soon. Awesome. You can follow us on Twitter at Strikes Podcast, on Instagram at Throwing Strikes Podcast. And we don't have a Facebook yet, but we're going to start that up. All right, everybody have a good day, and thank you for listening.